things. So let's go back to week one. And I'm going to kind of read through some of this and talk through some of this. But here's what week one was. And we're week, week six right now. Week one was about that, that there's God. And that God is first. God is preeminent. God is holy. God is good. God is, is righteous. His first creation was angels that worshipped him. Okay, where he, where he was in, in the heavenlies, they worshipped his glory. We know that a third of the angels uh, rebelled against God. And that re- rebellion is called sin. And they were taken from the presence of God. And God said, you can't sin in my presence. And so he, he removed them, cast them down to earth, which at that point was a dark place. There was no light in all of what we have today. It was just a dark place. And so they were cast down here. We know uh, at this point that, that Lucifer was the one that led that rebellion. He is known as Satan, which means he is an adversary. He is an adversary against God, and he is an adversary against us. Okay, that was week one. Week two was this, that uh, God then created uh, and really uh, kind of fulfilled the purpose of the earth, which was he made light and land and people and animals and all that we see uh, today. And the cool thing we learn about week two is that God made the earth so we could live here. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty awesome. That he made every single little detail about this planet so that we could function and live here. And so what that tells us is that God knows how to, to help us live to the fullest. And he, he knows how we work. He knows how this earth and all this kind of stuff works together. And so we have, uh, at this point, they were, uh, humans were created. They lived under his protection. And it was, it was awesome. And it was a garden time. And, and what happened, though, at the end of that first or second week was that we knew that there was one tree. And he said, don't eat of that tree. And uh, so this, there's this tree there. And he said, if you eat of it, you'll surely die. Week three, Satan showed up and, uh, and speaks up, and he deceived Adam and Eve uh, through this snake. Um, and in Genesis 3, probably one of the most important chapters in Scripture because we realize why, why things are the way they are now. And it was when sin entered the world, when human belie- beings believed that there was something more important than believing God. And trusting him and trusting his goodness. And they trusted their own way and their own, their own path. And they took that path. And as a result of that, uh, there, was, there was sin. They were removed from the garden. And the rest of the Bible, from Genesis 3 to the end of Revelation, is about redemption. It's about God redeeming creation. And about God... Uh, uh, restoring people to himself that believe the lie. And so we have all, because of Adam and Eve, we all believe the lie. We all sin. We all fall under that curse of sin and death. And, and now uh, we live in that tension of a holy God making a sinful man right before him. And today we're going to see that really clear in Genesis 22. Week four, we see sin just snowball. We see from generation to generation, sin complicating things, 
we read some crazy stuff between Genesis 3 and uh, Genesis 6 that, that go on. And so God says he's, he's angry. He's like, all right, that's it, enough. We're going to start this thing over. Noah, you're a blameless man. I want you to build an ark. I want you to get two of every kind of animal, load it up on the ark, get your family, build the ark, because I'm going to flood this earth. I'm going to flood it. And so that's what God did. So God uh, flooded the earth, started over. And, uh, and so that happened. And, and what happened, at the whole thing, when the, the water receded, went down, and uh, Noah and his family and all the animals uh, come out, basically he, sh- he shot a rainbow up in the sky. And it was a, a promise, a covenant from God saying, I'll never do this again. I'll never deal with mankind in this way again. So every time you see a rainbow, that's what that, that's all about, is God's promise to us that he's not going to flood this place again. And that's clear right now in Texas, amen? <laughs> Ain't no flooding going on here. I wish it would flood, for crying out loud. Um, so we should pray for a flood. Anyway, week five, so that was week four. Week five, we see that God is a covenant maker. And we got it today, what we're going to talk about, you got to know God's a covenant maker. And God makes promises to people, and he picked out this guy named Abraham, and, uh, you know, man after God, and, and, uh, and basically, Abraham, he promised this to him. He said, I'll make you great, you a great nation, and bless you, and I will make you known throughout history, and I will bless the entire earth through your descendants. Now, we also know that Abraham's wife was infertile, and so there's... Again, there's this kind of tension thing that, God, you're promising something when this is going to be difficult to do because he can't even have kids. So what descendants are you talking about? And, and so we see that God makes this promise. They end up having a baby named Isaac. Isaac means laughter. Okay? I don't know about you, but I had an experience like that once too when my wife came to me and said that we were pregnant with our third child. I could not believe it. And I laughed. We should have named her Isaac, but we didn't. Um, because it took a long time for us to have our first kids. And so I was just like, what? This, is, this was too easy. Um, and so, so we, anyway, so that's what happened. So we've got Isaac. We've got laughter. And then the story uh, continues today. Let me pray before we, we read um, this story um, out of Genesis 22. Let's pray. Just close your eyes. Father, we, uh, we just want to stop today. God, clear our minds. Lord, I know I'm not the only one that this summer is so busy and crazy and family and traveling and all of these things. But Lord, I just, we just pray for a, just a holy moment today. God, where you show up and, and show us what you're about. God, that you're going you're gonna to show us the gospel today. You're going to... You're revealing in Genesis 22 today what it's all about and what the Bible is all about. And so, Father, I thank you that you're, uh, you're, a, you're a promise maker and a promise keeper. And that you're a just God that re- requires uh, us being made right. It requires a substitute and uh, Father, I thank you that you're a God that, that uh, keeps his promises and those promises are 
are your grace to us. And uh, so, Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your word. And uh, we, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so today, Genesis 22. So some years later, God came again to Abraham and told him, I, wanna, I want you to take your son Isaac, whom you love, and offer him as a sacrifice to me up on the mountain. And in that day, it was not uncommon for people to sacrifice animals to God, usually lambs or goats. This animal had to be pure and without defect. In this day, livestock were uh, the most valuable thing a person could, could own. So that would be a big deal to take the most valuable thing you have in, in an animal and, and offer it to God. But God would accept a pure sacrifice and transfer the punishment the people deserved for their sins to this innocent animal. But Abraham trusted God and set off with his son Isaac to the top of the mountain. And as they were walking on their journey, Isaac became curious and asked, Father... We have the wood and the fire, but where is the lamb we are going to sacrifice to God? And Abraham told him, God himself will provide the lamb, my son. And when they got to the top of the mountain, Abraham tied up his son and raised a knife to kill him. And just as he did, God spoke to him and said, Abraham, do not hurt the boy in any way. Now I know that you trust me, for you have not withheld from me what you love the most. And I will bless you and bless all the people through you. This was the reminder of God's covenant with Abraham. And Abraham looked behind him and saw a ram with his horns caught in a bush. And he went and caught it and offered as a substitute in exchange for his son. Then Abraham returned home with his son. Before we go into the questions... They took two servants with them in this story. I want you to put yourself in the shoes of those two servants. They've got the wood. They've got the knife. they got the fire. They're headed up on the mountain. They have no lamb. And, and Abraham is taking his son up on the mountain. They had to have been freaking out. What are you doing, man? What are you doing? Where's the lamb? I don't think, I don't think just, just Isaac was wondering what was going on. I think those were like, they were probably like going, hey, Isaac, just stay right there. Abraham, come here. What's going on? Where's the lamb? We know what you're doing. And he's like, just stay down here. <laughs> you couldn't handle it. Let me ask this first question. What was Abraham risking in order to obey God in this story? What was Abraham risking to obey God in what we just read? What was the risk here? To lose his son. Yeah. What else is he risking? <laughs> yeah, his wife was going <laughs> to... Yeah. That would be exciting. Where's, where's Isaac? Well, I don't know. You're not going to see him anymore. <laughs> yeah, the wrath of a woman. Thank you. That's good. All right, what else? I wouldn't want to do that either. Thanks for bringing that up. Um, 
what else? What, what is he risking by, in order to obey God here, to offer his son up as a sacrifice, what else is he risking? What's at risk here? Everything. Yeah. Okay, what, what do you mean everything? What's everything? That's, that's broad. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sure. Right. Yep. Yep. Sure. That's exactly right. So, I mean, isn't this crazy? Because God says, hey, through Isaac, basically, I'm going to bless the earth, the world. Now, let's go. Go up on the mountain. I mean, do you see the huge tension there? Of this is the one you promised, and now he's here and you want me to offer him up? Yeah. So it's kind of like there's this, this command to do it. There's this command from God. But then tied to it, a command from God is this promise. That's still the way it is today where God, God commands us. And it may be hard, it may be difficult, whatever. But then in the end, there's this promise that he's going he's gonna to move, move through it. That's really good. Yes, this what did Abraham mean when he said God himself will provide a lamb? So he responds to Isaac's question. What does he mean God himself is going to provide a lamb? Yeah. He's saying, he's basically saying to Isaac, listen, trust. Yeah. Don't just trust me, but God's going to provide this. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think you're right. I think the answer is almost like son. I don't know. <laughs> but you've got the wood and I've got the fire and the knife. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. You know, that kind of the tenderness of, of uh, Abraham to Isaac. He has him carry the wood. Not, not super dangerous. And he's, but then he carries the, the knife and the fire. All right, so, so let's think about this. So there's this call from God, okay? So originally, God called Abraham in, in Genesis 12. We, I think we did that last time. We made a covenant with him, saying, I'm going to use you to bless the earth, right? So there's a call there. And then God calls him again 10 chapters later to do what we're talking about today, right? So, we're not going to go past this chapter today, okay? But we already see that God is a God that calls us, isn't he? God's going to call us out to do specific things in our lives. And certainly in the rest of the Bible, we see this happen. But here we see this call go out. Now, is this only about obedience, I want us to think about that because there's this because because we can kind of like 
Abraham's attitude could have been, God's telling me to do this, I'm just going to do it. Is it only about obedience? Is this passage just about obedience and faith? Anybody? Mm hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so God's calling him to an uncomfortable, out of the comfort, out of the known, into something. He's like, uh, what do I do here? Anybody else? Is this, is this about obedience or is, is there something bigger going on here? Justice? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Right. And so, so there's this there's certainly obedience, but if it's just about obedience, that's pretty horizontal, isn't it? It's kind of just about us doing something, right? Yeah, sure. But faith in what? Yeah, that God's going to provide. So what's pushing Abraham up that mountain? I mean, I'm serious. Think about this. So you, you got your son, your stuff, you're walking up. What's pushing you up that mountain? Yeah. Yeah. And in this place, yeah. So what's pushing him up that mountain is the fact that God is going to provide. The word provide means to see or to see to. God's going to see to it working out. And so that, that faith, that trust is, is pushing him up that mountain that God is, is going to provide another way. How many times, I mean, we don't have to answer this question, that you're in a situation and you're like, I don't know how this is going to work out. <laughs> I don't know what is going to happen here. And you're just in that place of the only way is that God's going to have to do this. God's going to have to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but I mean, in that day, okay, so in that day, if you think about it, they didn't think individually. Everything was about the family. You know what I mean? How the status of your family, individual status, mm, it's not, not the American deal. There was totally different. It was all, and so they would, the firstborn son was it. So when something happened to dad, that son got it, the whole thing. Because if they divided it up, then your family didn't have as much and your family name wasn't as big. So they always gave it to that firstborn son to, to distribute to the family or whatever. But in this case, you see... Uh, it's a big deal that you've got um, that this is a son. And also they, they sacrificed animals. You know, in that day that happened. So let me, let me ask this question. Um, in what other story was an animal sacrifice uh, 
sacrificed for man. What other stories so far that we've read through Genesis 22 that we've seen an animal sacrificed for man? In the Garden of Eden, how'd that work out? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Exactly. So God sacrificed an animal and took the animal's skin as their clothing as they left the garden. So that was one sacrifice. What else? What other animal sacrifice have we seen so far? Hmm? After the flood. Ty Dahlstrom, man. Come on, man. That was awesome, man. Are you adults listening to this this child up here? That's good. That's right. After the flood, there was a sacrifice made, okay? What else? There was one, another one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So there's a ton of these anim- these sacrifices, these, these spotless animals that were sacrificed to put in place to, if you will, cover the sins of, of people that they made. It was kind of like this. It was kind of like a life for a life, right? And so I guess Abraham hearing from God, I want you to take your, your son, your one and only son, and, and do this. That didn't throw him off for some reason. But what if he would have said, I want you to take Sarah up on that mountain? Would that, that would have been kind of weird, though, wouldn't it? He wouldn't have done it. You know, that would have been strange because that's not how God worked. And so that was, that was a big deal. All right, so let's, let's finish with this question. What does this teach us about God? So we read this, we read this story. We're, we kind of see all these principles. We see the tension, all these kind of things. But what, what does the story teach us about God? Yeah. 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 That's good. What else does this teach us about God? To trust Him. Yeah, that even it gets hard, we trust Him. What else does this teach us about God? Teaches us the power of obedience. Absolutely. Say that again. Yeah. He wants, yeah, he wants that thing that we love the most. I mean, I can't imagine 
being asked to do that as a dad with a son. Right? He's asking for that thing. He wants that thing. Yeah. What else does this teach us about God? Yeah. God's going to test us. Absolutely. Yep. That's huge. That's right. Yeah. Yep. And isn't that so hard in America? Because we just want things like, you know. You know, I just, I just wonder how many times that we give up right before God's going to do something. You know? It's like, what if Abraham just checked out right here? I mean, this is the climax of his life. This is it right here. There is no greater story about Abraham than this. This part of his life. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody else? So, I think for me, it's like there's this whole obedience thing and there's this whole faith thing. And obedience and saying yes to God and and having that faith. And not only is it for me, but it's so cool. And I know we all get to see each other go through that struggle. You know, I think that's why it's so important that we're in community. That's so important why we, we are in restore groups. It's so important why, if this is it for you, you're, you're missing a lot in life. Because we, it's really important to see other people go through the same kind of struggle and watch their lives so we can learn from each other. You know, it's just amazing. I, I had... Uh, Audrey and I've had the opportunity to sort of walk with this 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 lady, this mom that's in our community, just through 
questions and faith and what do I do and what's God calling me to do and all these things. And, you know, be honest, when people come to me with those questions, I'm just like, you know, I don't, I mean, I can't make decisions for people. That's, that's, uh, I'm not very good. I have a hard time making decisions for myself. Um, but just hearing and watching and listening and then, and then kind of watching this person struggle with his faith and, and what she's supposed to do and all this kind of stuff for like the last year. And then yesterday she boards a plane to Ethiopia to go serve that country. You know, it's those kinds of things that, that are so encouraging and why it's so important for us to see this. And so it's kind of like when they came down, that's the reason I brought up those two servants that went with them. Can you imagine when they came off the mountain, those guys, and what they were, they were like going, dude, what happened? Well, I'll tell you what happened. Here's what God did. God provided. God provided. And it's when you see that in other people's lives, it's huge uh, increase of our, our own faith. But there's this call of obedience and there's this call of faith. But if we just do obedience and faith because we have to, and that's our mentality, I don't think we'll make it. This story, it's kind of like, do these crazy things that God tells us to do. But the motivation has to be hope and grace and the fact that God's going to provide. That's what has to push us is that grace and that mercy. I don't think we'll make it. I don't think Abraham would have made it with God if he didn't understand his character of promise keeper, of being grace filled, of, of being uh, this hope uh, filled God that was going to move in that way. I'm going to ask this question. We're going to close with this question, but we're not going to answer it right now. Uh, Because honestly, this is, you know, this is something we all have to work through. But um, the question is this. Would you obey God if he asked you to do this? And what is God asking you to do right now that seems, man, there's... There's no way. What is it? What is that thing that that God is asking you to to do that would be tough, but at the end of the day, you'd be looking out for his, um, his grace and his hope?